Okay, so well, my name is Tom Kleinepier. I'm a PhD student at uh, NIDI. And I will present a paper which I've written for my dissertation, which is called Life Paths of Migrants, a Sequence Analysis of Polish Labor Migrants, Family Life Trajectories. And I've written it with the help of my supervisor, Helge de Valk, and co-author, Ruben van Gaal. So, and I'm, an important idea about the life course perspective is that life course events or transitions are not separate experiences, but they're all linked to each other. Um, you can, for example, think of uh, when you finish a high level of secondary education, you have a high chance of leaving the parental home to move to university city for further education or women's employment careers being affected by having children. And migration is also an event that has a strong influence on many things in life and also a strong influence on family life behavior. Well, previous studies on this relationship have mainly applied event history analysis, which is, uh, and they all focus on the occurrence and the timing of a specific event. For example, they show that migration has a strong influence on human stability or on childbearing. Childbearing is involved because many studies have analyzed the effect of migration on fertility behavior. Well, um, event history analysis is a very good technique to analyze complex interdependencies and causal relationships, but it does not provide a general overview of the life courses. Um, in this study we use sequence analysis, which is a bit more of a descriptive technique, but it, it provides a nice holistic overview of the life course. You can uh, study multiple uh, events simultaneously and actually study a life course as a dependent variable rather than an event. You can do three now. So that is a, a technique we use, and uh, we we study Polish migrants. You can say why why Polish migrants? Um, they are not completely new in the Netherlands. In the 1980s and 1990s, there were also already some mainly Polish women who came to the Netherlands to marry to a Dutch man. Uh, they were called uh, the Polish brides. But after Poland joined the European Union in May 2004, there has been a large increase in the number of Polish migrants in the Netherlands. They actually constitute the largest migrant group who arrive in the Netherlands every year. And nowadays they mainly come here, come to the Netherlands for work. At the same time, also many Polish migrants leave the Netherlands every year. And uh, the, among those who leave, almost all of them go back to Poland. So there's a lot of return migration. Um, I've also shown it in this graph, you can see uh, the blue line after 2003 goes up steep. So there's a large, large increase of Polish migrants to the Netherlands after 2003. And at the same time you also see there's a quite high level of e-migration. So the question we try to answer is how do the life course trajectories of Polish migrants look like after migration to the Netherlands? And since so many of the Polish migrants are also returning, we're also interested in which life paths do lead to return migration and which ones do not. So that's the question we try to, uh, to answer. And we do this with, with data from the social statistical database. This is a very nice panel data from Statistics Netherlands. And um, it is constructed by linking several registers to the population registers of municipalities. And, um, all immigrants who intend to stay in the Netherlands for more than 90 days 
are legally obliged to register themselves in these registers. So basically, we have all legal migrants who stay in the Netherlands for more than, uh, than three months. Officially, when migrants leave, they also have to report that they're leaving, but in practice, it does not always occur, uh, you can imagine. But fortunately, there's a quite strict control on the addresses where people live in the Netherlands, so if the municipalities find out that the person is not living on the address where they are registered, they are also removed from the register. And in this case, we assumed that they left on the date that they were removed, but they probably left a bit early. So the data of the exact date of when the migrants arrive in the Netherlands and a quite reliable day of when they leave the Netherlands. And furthermore, uh, the data also includes changes in marital status and household composition on a daily basis. So in this way we are really able to reconstruct the life course trajectory when they migrate, when they migrate, when they leave the Netherlands and what happens in terms of family life uh, stuff. So as I said, we focus on Polish migrants. Um, more spe specifically, we focus on labor migrants. Um, we focus only on labor migrants in this study since this is just the vast majority of Polish migrants. And they all come for work, almost all of them. There's also a group that comes for family formation. But since this migration motive is so strongly linked to what they're going to do in their family life, we said, OK, we exclude this, this group and we focus on a more homogeneous group in time, in terms of migration purposes, and then we see what variety can we find in this, in this group of labor migrants. We focus on young adults, when, uh, those who are 20 to 30 years old when they migrate, and we follow all of them for a period of five years, and then we see what happens in these five years. Uh, you can see we have uh, a bit more men than women, but both are quite quite more represented. So this is the, that's our, our sample. Well, the method we use is sequence analysis. Um, this was originally a technique that was developed in uh, biology to analyze strings of DNA. But later on, people also <coughs> found out, hey, we can also study life courses as a string of characters, where every character represents a specific state you can be in. Well, in this study, we distinguish between seven states. So the migrants can be single, the migrants can cohabit, they can cohabit and have children, they can be married but live without their partner, they can marry, be married and live with their partner, uh, they can be married and have children, and when they leave the Netherlands, we code them as free term language. So, we, as I said, we follow them every migrant for five years on a monthly time base. So we have 60 observations for every migrant. And then for every month, we say, okay, this migrant is single, 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 and so on. And you have this string of characters and you, that represents their life course. Well, as you can imagine, there's a lot of combinations possible between 60 months and seven states. This is a, this is a large number. So, there's almost an unlimited amount of combinations possible and that raises, of course, problems of complexity when you want to compare life courses with each other. Well, the solution to that is to make a typology. And to make the typology, you first need to compute how different are the life courses from each other. Um, yeah, in this study we used, there are a lot of options to compute that. In this in the study we used optimal matching. It's quite a common technique to use. Uh, 
how it works, I don't think I have much time to explain, but it's the most important thing is it does uh, measure dissimilarity between people. And on based on this dissimilarity, we can do a cluster analysis, and then we say, okay, you find this group of people in that group, and you find more or less homogeneous groups in terms of life courses. So you group those together. Okay, this is uh, the results then. Um, this is aggregated data. It looks like a, like a cape or something, but it's actually for every month we computed how much percent is in which state. And the green color are the people who are single, the yellow color are the cohabitors, orange is cohabitor children, and so on. And you can see here after 60 months, after five years observation, almost 40% of the Polish migrants have left. About 50% comes to the Netherlands as a single, the other 50% comes with a partner, but interesting to see among those with a partner is that not many have children with them. And, and cohabitation and marriage is about equally uh, divided. Yeah, then the typology. This is what it's all about. And uh, this is actually the same picture which I've just shown you, but now after we do the cluster analysis and we find the typology and we come to, to six life course clusters. And for each cluster, I don't think you can read it very well, but you see um, be below cluster one, you see S slash 60, which just means that there are 60 months in state S, and state S is in this case single. So you can see the cluster one are mainly Polish migrants who just come to the Netherlands and they remain single. They don't experience much family life stuff. And this is actually quite a large cluster, almost 24% of all Polish migrants in our sample just remain single. They, of course, some of them also have a partner for a short period, or, but more or less all of them have a long period of being single. Then the, the second cluster is actually the largest cluster. These are the Polish migrants who leave the Netherlands quite fast. You can see this is 36 months. Almost all of them have left within three years. Interesting about this cluster is that a lot of them are single. About 75% is single when they migrate. And there are also people with a partner, but you see hardly any people with children return to their country. And we've shown also in the previous graph that people with children don't come to the Netherlands, but people with children also don't leave the Netherlands. So that is interesting. Then we have cluster three and four. Uh, cluster three are mainly people who cohabit in the Netherlands for a long time. Uh, cluster four are people who cohabit and have a child, child or multiple children. Cluster five are the Polish migrants who are married. And the last cluster are okay. The last cluster are married Poles who have children living in the house. So we find this, these six clusters, and this this cluster is uncommon in Poland. Cohabit with a child that is weird. That doesn't occur in Poland very often. And also in our sample is only seven percent of all the migrants. So this is a, a small group. Most of them are are here. Okay, and then we can do simple logistic regression analysis on this cluster typology. So this just means uh, cluster one versus the other, cluster two versus the other, and so on. And you can see uh, on top there's male. Okay, so these are our odds ratios, I forgot to say, but uh, on the top you can see male, and you see that men are more often in cluster one and two, so more often solo being single or being a return migrant, 
and they are less often cohabiting than women. And for marriage trajectories and marital births, there is not a significant difference between men and women. So that, and then an interesting other thing is um, the partner. We distinct, we use the people with a Polish partner as a reference category, and then we include the dummy for having a Dutch partner and having no partner. Um, as you can see, for cluster one, there's a large effect of having no partner to be in a cluster with no partner, which is uh, normal. But um, in cluster two, you also see a very large effect of having no partner, which means that not having a partner increases the risk of being a return migrant. Uh, at the same time, you see that having a Dutch partner means that you're less likely to leave Netherlands, which is quite common. Um, furthermore, interesting to see is that having a Dutch partner has a positive effect of being cluster 3 and 4, which are cohabiting trajectories, and a negative effect of being in cluster 5 and 6. So basically, people with a Dutch partner cohabit and people with a Polish partner marry. That's the story. And then we include some age effects, which are interesting, but I, I'll skip this for a second and come to the conclusions. So the, the thing on top seems a bit simple, but at the same time it's also an interesting finding that there's actually a variety between all these labor migrants who come and actually there's, there's different kinds of them. Some return and some don't. And that, that was the main, main issue of the paper, to explore what happens with these migrants, what, what are they? And um, yeah, well, there are differences between the, the migrants by gender. Women are, for example, more likely to cohabit, less, like, less likely to return to Poland. Um, similarly, having a Dutch partner also means more likely to cohabit and less likely to leave. And then we, we had these age effects, which I skipped in the table, but we found that older migrants are more likely to have, have married and have children which is also surprising, but it, and they are less likely to cohabit. But the, the, in, the most interesting thing was we found a U-shaped relationship between the age of observation and return migration. We found that the, the middle category, so we have these people who are 20 years old as a reference category, and we found that people who are 25, 26, and 27 years old were less likely to return, and older migrants were again more likely to return. So we think that it goes like this, with age. And we think that it has something to do with people who are around 25 years old are more likely to uh, form a family in the Netherlands and that, that means that they are not leaving anymore. So, thank you and... Uh, thank you very much. Thank you.